But in order to finance all that, you've got to continue to move the shells around. You can't just keep doing the same thing over and over forever. You have to make sure that you continue to adapt. I'm going to get Bob Dylan's quote wrong. You know, Hugh's not busy changing, he's busy dying, right? Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local Franklin Mass radio dial, in the home, in the car, 102.9, here for another Talk Franklin session with our town administrator, Jamie Helen. Jamie, how are you doing today? Nice and spry, Steve. Nice Awake, spry. alert, beautiful, allergies are killing me, but, uh, you know, I'll take the allergies and the headaches with the beautiful weather, right, and... As we all know, it's uh, the headaches are from the allergies. It's not fully from budget season. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, we'll get into that. But I can certainly attest to the allergies because even in the even in the few minutes the car was in the driveway, it was just covered with pollen all over the place. <laughs> and then the little bit of dew kind of is creating that little driveway trickle, right? So oh, yeah. you get a little stream in in amongst yeah. the dew. It's really. I'm fortunate I don't get affected by that, but I know many members in the family and certainly others like you. I just, it's a tough time of year. It's a tough time of year. And I, I can't, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this, but you know, this is really, I think still one of the bigger impacts of climate change that people don't talk about. You know, it's, it's really about viruses. It's about allergies. It's about flowers, plants, the seasons are longer, ticks, um, mosquitoes, triple E, you know, all these things I think are, more common thread to the impacts of climate change than just like a flooding, a bad storm, a monsoon, you know, or the polar bears or glaciers. I think those Mm -hmm. things are important, but, you know, I think the average resident, you know, the average American citizen get impacted much more by these things. Uh, You know, not that we're going to be able to turn it around, you know, (laughs) but I I do think that they're, these are the things that are going to be a part of our future now for good. Yeah. And I think to the extent that it's kind of common, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we yeah. we just kind of ignore it rather than, oh, this is slightly different. This is lasting longer. This is coming earlier. You know, we're not putting those things together to say, and granted, you or I and many of us individually can't do anything alone to change mm-hmm. it. That's where the togetherness, we have to come together to do that because even if we do, even within Franklin, then we still have to deal with mass. Then we still have to deal with the U.S. I saw a stat, you know, Turkmenistan has these fields of methane that are just, yeah. the, the numbers are bonkers. And yet, unless they do something, there's like, we're almost pissing in the wind. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but that's funny you say that because really the composting issue and things like that with methane, you know, are much more impactful you know, in a lot of ways, and some of this other stuff that we talk about and spend, you know, billions and billions and billions of dollars in state money, local money, mm-hmm. at zero plans, automobiles, you know, there's a plus and a minus to the battery issue. We're, right. we're now seeing some of the downsides to it. There's some cases that, you know, in terms of how to extract the materials for the batteries, you know, the electricity grid is worse for climate. All that stuff seems to be the high profile incidents, but what we, you know, and, and Mike D'Angelo talked about this during the budget hearings, um, you know, about the impacts really of, of composting. A lot of it comes from methane is climate change issue. You just kind of walked right into it, Steve. Well, right. I mean, 
that's a personal responsibility, almost like recycling, right? But actually could have a bigger impact than recycling, right? Yeah. There's some inconvenient truths about recycling. We talked about those during the budget hearing too. Yeah. Personal responsibility around waste and food. I always joke with my wife when, you know, we try to do something every once in a while to spruce up the house and we get flowers and there's a beautiful uh, uh, forest that is just priceless near where we live. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while we'll get flowers and I just take the rotten flowers out and I just throw them outside, you Mm -hmm. know, right. And because they'll just decompose and they'll just do their thing and they'll just great in instead of throwing it in the landfill and yeah. uh and th- that actually just has a bigger impact and actually one of the positives of of the budget hearings has been i think some of the stories around the next year you know all of our schools should be fully equipped with composting systems mm-hmm. you know, for all the <laughs> difficult news we'll talk about here in a minute you know, there's again one of these victims of our own success moments. And if anybody, and I know you shot saw it, Steve, the I believe it was on CBS, they did a nice story in the local news several months ago about a couple of the elementary middle schools. Yes. And look at how fun the kids were having. Yeah. Composting. It was fun, right? Like dumping the milk out into a bin and the food over here sure. and the 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 uh, fork and knife in this one. And you know, the kids looked excited. You know, and they were having fun with it. And that gives me a lot of hope for the future on this stuff. Um, We're doing a lot of good things here in Franklin that don't get a lot of prime time, you know, attention. Yeah, that's why I tend to focus on the good news. But aside from that plug, the the key there, I think, is it's a little bit different. So the kids are interested. Um, Right. And then there's a reason behind it. So they've been telling the story. Now they can see the story. Now they can do it. The key, I think, is, and we talked about it in one of our other Making Sense of Climate episodes, where the grief around, you know, what can I do because this is so overwhelming, we need to take some action. And this is a little bit of action that you can at least see and do. And then it does have an impact. And that's going to be key. Coming out of even the Charles River water presentation, et cetera. I started thinking, well, I've got a garbage disposal, which is actually better, disposal or using the compost in the back? Right. And actually, the technology and the theories today say, if you don't have the capability to do composting, garbage disposal is okay. But the impact downstream, clearly it goes through us, and then it goes to Charles River, and they got to clean it before it goes to the Charles River. And look at what they're using. They're using, you know, they have a chemical element. There's There's no way around that. No. But, still you know, and I, I can't speak to any level of intelligence that Liz Tagliari does. Sure. But just, you know, forget her passion for a minute. Just the way that you decompose is kind of nature decomposing nature. It is. We won't get into Brutus's poopy comments. But, no, no. You know, what, what, but in all seriousness, news too with PFAS being so prevalent that it's it's also in there as well. But that's another topic. <laughs> that's another topic. Yeah, we can't get into PFAS. That's, re- that's really depressing. But... uh you know, I'm sure as as everybody knows, by the time this comes out, you know, we're uh, allergy season is also known as budget season. In Vermont, it's mud season. Um, and so black fly season is almost there too. In Vermont, has the six seasons, of course, up in, up in, uh, as, well, in yeah. as well. as well. And you know, we're in the middle of budget season. That's why you can't listeners can't see it, but my eyes are tired, <laughs> late nights, and you know, it's a tough year. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think we're struggling. As you kind of mentioned a moment ago, we're struggling as a community to find out where these 
um, issues are going in terms of the cost drivers and fixed costs that are baked into the system um, versus the astronomical wish list, borderline almost fantasies, mm-hmm. utopian you know, fantasies versus the current quality of life here. Right. I don't, I don't, it's not me being a political statement, uh, but you know, the idea is, is when, when you look at the news in the newspapers, even just globally around the country, uh, you see, you know, towns all across California and Arizona, literally just towns shutting down because they don't mm-hmm. have water at all, let alone clean water. Right. You're seeing a lot of these other states with massive social service issues in California. You're seeing gun violence. A report came out yesterday that said Massachusetts is the the state with the least gun violence in the country Hmm. and that it's a very isolated problem relative to certain neighborhoods and communities in Massachusetts that deal with, you know, some sort of uh, element that it's something that doesn't really isn't really a statewide problem, right? So right. you're seeing all of these things. We have great water resources here. We've got plenty of water. We had great rain this year. The groundwater levels are high. The academic achievement at the schools is is elite. The athletic achievements at the schools are elite. Our fire department is literally in the 0.0001% of the best fire departments in the country. I think all of our police, if you look at the national narratives our police are an exception to all of these rules mm-hmm. i frequently tell the story of uh, there was an incident a mental health incident a couple of years ago where the police got shot at by somebody seven rounds yes no shots were fired back yep. that takes discipline and training and <clears throat> professional development and chief and the police deserve a tremendous amount of credit even though that was one moment right one moment we don't see that on the national news at all no. all we see is all the bad stories of the worst of the worst and We've got the best athletic fields in the area. We really have an all-star Pro Bowl staff. The principals are incredible. The educators are great. You know, our board of health is wonderful. Our planning department's great. We've got a great conservation agent, phenomenal chiefs, great DPW staff. I mean, I mean, I think this is what's hard about today's budget hearings is you have all this great quality of life. Yet when you juxtapose that with some of the numbers that we're seeing last night and through the finance committee hearings, and we're certainly going to see them at the council hearings, and most of the frequent listeners of this show have heard me bloviate about this stuff for a long <laughs> time. Uh, they read about it on Franklin Matters. They read it about it on online at the Franklin Observer. They watch it on YouTube now. We stream the meetings. They watch mm-hmm. it on Franklin TV. They listen to the recordings. We've given you more transparency than you can handle. And yet still, you know, we're we're facing a pretty dire situation. As you know, Steve, you know, I've been raising the flag on this for a long time. I will yep. admit, you know, it is very frustrating for my chair. I, I kind of exerted a little bit of that last night in the moment at the FinCom hearing relative to the school budget. There's just a, it could be a post-pandemic piece still trying to figure itself out. Uh, We're just at a space where we want, we want, we want, we want, we want, or we need, we need, we need. And I don't know how to describe it. It's just like, we're not even close to the amount of resources, (laughs) money that we need to satisfy and quench the thirst of the needs that we're hearing from the superintendent. And the wants that we're hearing mm-hmm. from the superintendent and also some of the other departments, right? And so we're at a really weird, dare I say, crossroads. Mm-hmm. 
pulling in a little Robert Johnson and Eric Clapton here. Mm-hmm. Are we at a crossroads, Steve? Yeah. Now I'm asking you the questions. <laughs> yeah, well, if, if, if we're not, we're close to it, that's for sure. And I think a couple of nuances within that, and it was, I think, good points to take away. Clearly, and I'm actually pulling out from the first, from the opening night of the first budget hearing, your first 35, almost 40 minutes. I'm, I'm pulling out separately from the meeting as a must listen. So that recording will be available separately. And then respectfully, all the rest of the department questions get asked in the the other, what, hour 20 yeah. left of that meeting. But the while you clearly elucidated kind of the inflation factor, there's another f- flavor, if you will, or a slice of data that I think would be instructional. And you've mentioned it from time to time, but there's an awful lot of things that we are required by law to deliver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think one of the examples was by law, we're supposed to have a health nurse, <laughs> But ironically, we don't necessarily need to have police or fire. Clearly, we choose to make that choice Mm -hmm. in financial contribution. On the school side as well, there is very little leeway that they have. They have a legal requirement. Oh, by the way, in the state constitution, the Commonwealth of Math says we need to educate our, our students. There's very little leeway there. And yet the problem that we're struggling with is how do we tell that story? Yeah. Right? yeah that, that story arc. is the key piece and akin to it's spring, right? Planters, yeah. <laughs> gardeners are putting the seeds in the ground so that we'll have fruit later. We're not just throwing the seeds today and expecting a harvest tomorrow. We've got to build those stories, build that narrative, tell it over time, gain the trust. We've got the transparency. The data is there. We just need to build the trust in the people that, oh, that's really where it's coming from. Oh. For those that are either nervous or frantic or whatever word you want to use, uh, politically correct, politically incorrect, you know, we really need to look at the last four or five years. You know, I think there's a there's a there's a there are stories here that have been victorious. You know, if you look recently at at the Community Preservation Act, the Beaver Mm -hmm. Street Interceptor and the Stormwater Utility, um, two of three of those and the Community Preservation Act was certainly discretionary. Um, in terms of we needed to fix the 110-year-old sewer pipe that takes 75% of the town waste somewhere. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to flush a toilet. Well, that's a public safety, public health. There's a whole litany of issues right. with that, right? right? Never there's, mind federal the fines, there's federal fines. There's federal fines. There's federal accountability. Yeah. Okay. Stormwater utility, same thing. We, But the point of it is, is that, to your point, those stories were started a long time ago and as Councilor Hamlin and Councilor Mercer and many of the counselors know that we're working on a lot of these things, you've got to continue to just chip away day after day on these things. And when you bring people along with you and you do the word of mouth and the one by ones and a little bit here, a little bit there, and you just stay on that strategy. Mm-hmm. I think you see last week there was no one who even showed up to oppose the sewer rate increase to pay for the interceptor. The community at large knows it's needed. There's right. the story that you're talking about. Right. Same thing with CPA. I mean, it's like I articulated last night, there's a lot of excuses about the pandemic that are still there. And I give the council a lot of credit, not because they're my, my supervisors, but because they started that narrative a long time ago. And when the pandemic came, they didn't run away. They said, 
And it was uncomfortable. We were in a lockdown on a football field, 10 feet apart in freezing cold weather in June. And they still said, you know, we're raising our hands to put it on the ballot. We're going to let the voters go for it. Even though we know people are having huge financial hardship, emotional hardship. I don't want to go back to 2020. And it passed by 7,000 votes. Yeah. And I think to your point, and you really nail it, Steve, that story and that arc is a powerful, powerful element, just like a phenomenal book, right? Yeah. No, and I think back to the Beaver Street piece, the reason we're at this point now, 110 years or whatever later, people in our shoes in that those days, 100 years ago, actually, maybe even 110, 15 years ago, had <laughs> the foresight to put it in place. Yeah. And it's lasted this long. So now, oh, by the way, yeah, we want to flush our toilets. There's a pay, there's a cost to it, but let's do it for those who will be here in the future. And as well, it was recognized even in 2020 in the dire future. We didn't know what the future was. Uncertainty was prevalent, but we recognized that, oh, this was an opportunity. We need to capture open space because, oh, by the way, it's either open or it's not. There's only an opportunity there. CPA got passed. And now we've been able to see the fruit fruits of that with Maple Hill, Schmidt Farm, et cetera. And still the fruits of that will still be coming because we'll have to play out the lands, trails, the access points. It's it's not done overnight. It takes time. It's going to take several years even on that piece, right? But sure. that's okay because that's what it is. But I think that's the struggle here. And I think, you know, in terms of the overall budget, you know, I think George Conley always brings it up, you know, fire and police, but take somebody like Ryan Jetty, you know, he doesn't stay. He knows the market demand for what programs and activities are needed. He's never stuck in the same model he was 20 years ago. He's just continuing to adapt and continuing to adapt to the marketplace, continuing to adapt to what he's hearing from parents and children, continuing to adapt the programs, right? Felicia Odie, the same exact thing. Neither one of them are sensitive enough where they're not willing to cut an initiative if people are not showing up. And they're smart enough and dynamic enough and three-dimensional leaders who understand if the art class is not getting any subscriptions, why are we still offering it? We got to allocate that energy and that time, which is so precious, to other initiatives. And I think you see that with Chief Lynch. I mean, the four by four is very complicated in terms of the shift schedule. And I would love to have a deep dive someday on just that, right? Because it really is a success story among all success stories in the sense that, you know, we saved a lot of money to reinvest from overtime into new staff. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, two reasons why a police officer cites of why they want to come to Franklin is really three or four. But two of them are you're not in civil service and the four by four schedule is way more accommodating for my younger family so I can see my children more often. And I'm not forced to do as much overtime as what I would be doing in other towns. Right. Obviously, the support of the town with capital equipment and facilities and things like that are also cited with a lot of paramedics and some of our support staff and certainly mm-hmm. DPW laborers. Sure. But in order to finance all that, you've got to continue to move the shells around. You can't just keep doing the same thing over and over forever. You have to make sure that you continue to adapt. I'm going to get Bob Dylan's quote wrong. You know, Hugh's not busy changing, is busy dying, right? Mm-hmm. It's that old adage, and boy, was he right. And why is he a genius? Because he was insightful enough to say, if you don't keep on changing, you know, 
they're just going to keep on dying. And if there's some level of, of truth to that, we need to have an intervention someday about what's going on. And I'll just put it out there. We got to have an intervention someday in a very large community conversation among all people in the community, including business owners, to say, what is the future vision of the financials of the public school district? Right. There just needs to be a much broader conversation. There cannot be any more disconnect. We can't have attitudes of hold the line, nothing can change. The paradigm in public education is shifting greatly, and we have to stay ahead of those things. And we can't run away or be uncomfortable with those tough conversations. I can assure you as somebody on the front lines of the four by four negotiations, as well as the fire department, as well as the DPW cultural mm -hmm. assessments, these are unpopular. <laughs> they're not, right. they're not like, yeah, let's go do this. Yeah. But, you know, I think to your point, Steve, the story arc, well, how has that final chapter been written for those examples? I think everybody in town realizes, wow, if we hadn't had those really, really horrible, you know, challenging conversations mm -hmm. in that story and telling that to the public. Right. You know, we wouldn't be where we are today and right. we'd have greater challenge, right? right? So by the time this hits, there'll be one last set of budget hearings on the 24th and 25th of May. And by the time Memorial gets here, Memorial Day, hopefully we'll have a approved budget. And, and then I think we need to start those conversations throughout the community. It needs to be every single entity in town um, needs to set aside their other priorities. And we all really need to focus in and dial in as a community. Doesn't matter how old or young you are. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter whether you have kids or not. We need to really broaden out. And the message that's going to come out for me soon is, um, if not tonight, maybe next couple of weeks, everyone's got to sacrifice a lot of other priorities. In all sincerity for the listeners that are out there, we can't be having debates. And I'm sorry, we can't be occupying precious time with debates about flags. We cannot have time being occupied into all these other issues that people want to talk about. Net zero plans, we've got to focus back in on what the conversation is with the school district. And that's going to take some humility from a lot of elected, mm -hmm. appointed, oh, as sure. well as citizens yeah. to say, you know what? We only have so much time in a day. God is not creating anymore. We need to sacrifice a lot of the other things on our wish list and tell citizens, I'm sorry, we do not have the capacity and time to deal with this right now. All energy truly needs to focus in on the financials of the school district. Otherwise, there is going to be a really bad ending to this story that none of us want to see. And so hopefully in the next few weeks, as, as the listeners out there chime in, um, you know, be a part of it. It's mm -hmm. going to take you, I'm sorry to say, you're going to have to sacrifice some time on social media. You're going to have to give up your own time doing other things or other stuff you do in order to rally around this cause. I think it's for the benefit of everybody. It's certainly something that's needed to be done, mm -hmm. but we need to sacrifice. Yeah. And I think if you go back quickly to even in 2007, everybody came together. Unfortunately, the financial impact got wiped out in 2008 and we really haven't had a chance to come back I hope to your extent, to that extent, that you're right, that we can truly take some time in the next several months to start the conversation and move it along to develop that strategy for how we're going to do this, because it truly will take that kind of a community effort in order to do so. But education is the future for us. <laughs> Clearly, it has every impact from an economic perspective, from housing values to the the quality of life that we live here as well, which we started with, right? It's yeah. it's that circle that keeps coming around. The only thing that matters 
is that we give our kids a better opportunity, a better life than we had. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Right. The firefighter says that. The police officer says that. The library director says that. The rec director says that. The senior center director says that. That's really what America's about. Right. And we need an honest and uncomfortable public discussion about where this is going. This yeah. is not me being an annoying TA jumping up and down. This is the town administrator trying to articulate to the public the financial difficulties and constraints that are here. And then and clarifying the roles as well, because there are certain things that you can do you and certain things you can't do. <laughs> and that's where it's going to be, you know, somebody in the community is going to have to step up. And maybe it's a bunch of folks, maybe some folks who were involved prior, but at least some folks who step up and say, this is what we want to do and this is why we want to do it, and then get the right info, obviously, from the appropriate sources, finance, et cetera, et cetera, to help tell the story so that everybody buys into it accordingly, or at least wow. most most people can, under, can listen and understand it. If you're suffering with allergies out there, I hope this didn't make it worse. <laughs> I hope this didn't make the headache worse and the watery eyes. It's even seeing my eyes water. But yeah, I just want to thank all the folks for listening. And, you know, I, people come up to me a lot and say they listen to this and, you know, this, that, or the other thing. And so, um, you know, stay engaged, stay off the social media. Like Cochran's and Auchincloss said last year, what's the message to our youth? Get off the phones and engage face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And there's no difference here for adults. When dealing with this, that advice rings true for all of us. Um, right. So anyways, thanks so much, Steve. Now, thank you for taking time to do this. It's important to talk Franklin, and we do this as a quick reminder because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tin Type Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.